Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, what's going on? Hanging out here with Sammy Duay from Goat Whore. And obviously, he has quite the resume. Uh, we will go into a little bit of his backstory in, in, a, in a few. But his band, uh, Goat Whore, is going to be playing here on the 29th with Eris, Death Cave, and La Cabra up at El Cor Zone. Now, Sammy, uh, you're down in, Ve- in, in New Orleans right now? Yes. Awesome. You have quite the guitar assault there. How many guitars do you have in your room? A lot. <laughs> over 10 oh yeah okay this room has about oh man i would say somewhere around 20 and then in the other room there's another 15 to 20 and God damn at the rehearsal room there's a, like five and there's a couple of them that are in the shop that are being upgraded wow so yeah i uh i'm a guitar hoarder <laughs> hey you know what? You're a you're not a guitar hoarder. You're a collector of fine instruments. Yes, that, that, <laughs> I like the way you talk. Uh, okay, so I, I was I was kind of creeping around and 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 trying to see if you guys are on tour. It doesn't look like you guys are on tour. You guys are just doing like a one off Seattle date. Is that right? Yes. Well, what's going on is that we're what's today? Today is a Tuesday, the nineteenth. Yep, it's the nineteenth. Okay, so. On the 22nd, we are playing here in town mm-hmm. with the I God in New Orleans. Um, yeah. Then on the 23rd, we're playing in Lafayette, Louisiana, which is about two hours away from here. Then we we pretty much taken the week off to kind of work on some new material and stuff. And then next weekend, we're coming to Seattle to play on a Friday. 
We fly home on the Saturday and on a Halloween night. We are playing again in New Orleans of a surprise show. That surprise show. <laughs> so I got to ask, man, what what is it about Seattle that makes you choose to come here out of anywhere you could go? You guys played, you know, Psycho Vegas, um, a one-off there. You guys are playing a lot of gigs locally, but then you go the farthest you can in the United States, basically, to come just to us. We get our own goat whore night of awesomeness. What is it about us, or did it just happen that way? Well, uh, Lance from uh, La Cabra reached out to me, and he was like, what do you think about playing in Seattle on Halloween night? And I was like, well, if you can get us out there and we can make everything work, we have no problem coming to Seattle and playing a show. Yeah. But uh, what happened was we couldn't get Halloween night. Like Mm -hmm. way back when this week, this whole thing came to be, everything was booked. Mm -hmm. So he was like, well, what do you think about the Friday on the 29th? I'm like, if that works for you, that works for us. No problem. And it all worked out. So, That's awesome. So you go, do you go back with, with Lance then? You guys have been friends for a while then? Oh, yeah. I've been knowing Lance for quite a while now. So, yeah, me and Lance are very, very good friends. Has he done any tattoos on you? Not yet. Okay. All right. I know what might happen. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, right on. Well, I, I was just uh, curious about that because it's like, you know, New Orleans. I, I, I've only been down in New Orleans one time. It was for WrestleMania three years ago. That was a blast. But you know, like I said, it's about as far as you can get in the United States. And I, I'm just stoked that we get our we're, we get our own special showcase of goat whore. Yeah, it all worked out, you know. Um, so so as far as, you know, you guys are going to be playing right around the Halloween weekend and might not be Halloween night, but it's Halloween weekend. So it's Halloween. The uh, spirit of Halloween will be there that weekend. Let's let's say it like that. Exactly. So. Uh, as far as like you go with with Halloween, do you have any traditions with Halloween? And does it get pretty spooky down there in New Orleans? Because you get the voodoo, the hoodoo. It's probably gets pretty cool down there around Halloween. Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as like, how can I say this? As far as like going out and experiencing the nightlife of New Orleans during Halloween, I highly suggest that more than like Mardi Gras. Mm. <laughs> It's like Mardi Gras without all the idiots and without all the like fanfare. Sure. It's more of like, um, it's more of like a consolidated Mardi Gras, I would say. Um, But it's essentially. Without all the amateurs, right? Exactly. It's more of uh, the professionals out during that time. Yes. Yes. But, uh, you know, it's, it's always a good time. You know, everybody's the, the costumes, like, you know, we're famous for the, you know, the whole Mardi Gras grandeur and all this mm-hmm. stuff. This, you know, basically Halloween is like taking that idea, but making it spooky. So it's just some of the costumes you'll see out in like the French Quarter. If you go out there Halloween night or during that whole weekend, yeah, you'll see some pretty insane stuff. Just people like just taking things to the next level as far as like their costumes and the whole thing, you know. That's awesome, man. What, what, what's been your favorite thing to dress up in your entire life? So thinking about when you were a little kid, you know, all the way up to this, what is there one costume that just like you can't beat? 
I, I always tended to always be the Grim Reaper. Nice. Okay. For some reason that was my thing is that I always wanted to be the Grim Reaper. That's awesome. It might be some kind of deep mental thing. Who knows? I, one specific time I was at a hardcore show and there was this big mosh pit and I dressed up as a candy corn. And I just had this big felt candy corn costume. So you just see a candy corn pitting around mosh and getting kicked in the face. And it was just like, that was, that was a good, that was a good one. It was a bit out there, but it was a fun one. It wasn't very scary, but it was, it was goofy to see a candy corn in the pit. I've seen something very similar to that. We had played, I think it was, well, it was a couple of years ago. We actually played on Halloween here. Nice. And someone was actually dressed up like Santa Claus. Nice. Halloween. And they were basically doing the same thing that you were doing. Yep. We were just going in the pit and acting like a complete animal. I'm like, oh, there goes Santa. Yep. And he just slammed some dude on the ground. <laughs> there was this, uh, it was a tradition for this band Himsa up here in Seattle to play a Halloween show. And one year there was a guy who is Jesus Christ, like full on with just a cloth around his crotch. And he had a full wooden cross and he was in the pit. <laughs> you couldn't get around him, dude. Cause he was had this huge wooden right. cross. Yeah. I mean, he dressed up like that for Halloween, but it's always, it's also a way to spend Easter as well. That, that's true. That's true. Uh, okay, man. Well, okay. So I'm curious about, we're, we're talking a little bit about uh, like Halloween down in new Orleans. But there is a rich musical history, um, not just with metal, but like with the bands like the meters and so much wonderful. And then like the hip hop, the funk, the soul, and then goes into the heavy rock, the underground stuff, obviously goat whore, acid bath, crowbar, you know, I hate God, uh, Soylent Green. So much good underground rock and metal comes from New Orleans and 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 uh, just Louisiana altogether. What is it about your scene that? is a breeding ground for such heaviness. Is, is there anything you can distill it down to? Uh, let me think about how I can phrase this. I think it's more, I think it came from more like a desperation to prove ourselves as a mm. scene because for a long time, there has been a very thriving heavy metal scene here. Yeah. Thriving, you know, like heavy metal and hardcore and punk and that whole thing. There's always been a very, very big scene for that here, but it never got recognized on a national level, you know? And I think it was like all of us just trying to prove to the rest of the world that, hey, we're here and we're going to kill you, not kill you, but we're going to prove that we're yeah. heavier than you are mm -hmm. and darker than you are and more evil than you are. And I think that's, what the whole thing is that why all the bands here are just so massively heavy is that, you know, we have been overlooked for so long mm -hmm. and finally, you know, people started taking notice and we were like, you know what, well, we're only going to get heavier from here. Yeah. You know, and I think that's basically where the scene comes from, you know, it's just from, just being ignored for so many years. And then all of a sudden everybody's into it, you know, just, you know, just something to draw attention to our scene basically. And the making the music as heavy as possible, you know? Absolutely, man. And, and uh, 
there was a, a a really good in in my opinion, and, and I'm curious about your opinion of it. There was a, a Vice Noisy uh, video uh, series about the New Orleans uh, sludge and and underground metal scene that came out a few years ago, and it was you know very highly regarded. But being someone who is actually a part of that, do you think they did it justice? Were you happy with how it turned out? They did a fantastic job awesome. with. I cool. really when I when I saw the fi- the final version of it, I was like, I couldn't be happier. It, they totally they got the whole vibe of what's going on around here. They captured it, you know, perfectly. That's I, awesome. You know, they uh, I cannot commend them anymore that they did such a great job. Right on, man. Well, um, I'm I'm curious about you know obviously this is been a very strange uh portion of our lives that we're living through um i've been to a few shows now and it was kind of strange even going back to it it was like all right this again this is nice this is good sonic therapy but you know it took me a little bit of adjustment but as far as the 18 months off or you know however many months how did you stay sane dude how did you stay you know okay up there it was it was a rough one. Let's just put it that way. Well, what, what really happened was we were going to take off basically 2020 anyway mm-hmm. to start finishing up our new record. So that was initially the plan was, OK, we're just going to take off 2020. No gigs, no nothing. We're going to concentrate on writing and recording the new record, you know, and just try to really focus on making this the best record we possibly could. Um, then COVID hit. Yeah. So it was kind of, it kind of was almost like perfect timing for us. Yep. Because we were planning on not really doing anything, mm-hmm. but you know, it's just that whole thing that's in the back of your mind that even if you wanted to say, okay, let's take a break from this. We've been working on this for six months. Let's go out and play a show. Just knowing that you couldn't do nope. that sucked, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I was going through some pretty hard times, and I, I'm actually very glad I did what I did before that happened because I was pretty I was pretty heavily involved in drugs and alcohol right before mm-hmm. that. And I quit everything at uh, December of 2019. That's huge. And if uh, let's just put it this way, if I wouldn't have quit right then, because I, I still had a few months under my belt before COVID had hit, you know, yeah. I, was, I was doing good. I wasn't messing around with all that stuff. Yeah. But if, you know, I think if I would have kept on that path, being that when COVID hit everything, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you right now. I would probably either be, a, I probably either would have overdosed, drank myself to death, or literally committed suicide and i'm not joking when i say that yeah. like no i believe you i mean if i would have kept walking on that road i wouldn't be here right now you know just from it was already hard enough being sober in that situation yeah. you know and being all messed up on whatever in that situation would only make it 10 times worse you know well i gotta congratulate you on that man like congratulations that's that's a serious thing i I'm also sober too. And, and it, it's probably funny. Someone's tuning in, like drinking a beer, like, ah, these two sober guys suck. But for real, it's, it was a, it's a seriously, it's a, it's a positive thing. And, and I, I, I echo your sentiment, man. I saw so many of my friends 
Um, just uh, when when there's no rules and you don't got to go to work. Uh, yeah. Uh, happy hour starts early. So yeah. if I wouldn't have had that, you know, sobriety uh, to keep me going during that time, it, it would have been very easy to uh, get into a very dark place. Yes, absolutely. You know, and it's we're we're here to talk about it. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely, man. That's so, all that really matters. Yes, yes. And and so you guys, I'm assuming, did write and record an album or yeah. are you okay? Awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Nice. Right on, man. And do you know, are you able to give me a time frame of when we might hear it next year, maybe? Well, I we just like last week we got the final master. Ooh. Of nice. the record, uh, and we are expecting the artwork on actually the day before we leave to come to Seattle. So Very the, cool. The twenty eighth, the that's the deadline for the artwork. Hopefully, it'll be done. Yeah. But, uh, so everything will probably be turned in by Halloween. That's so awesome. It's just a matter of the record company getting everything together and figuring out a date of when they can release it. Cause they have all kinds of issues right now. Like well, we want to release the record. We want to release all the vinyl and everything. Dude, there's it. like a year backup with that. It's crazy. That's what's terrifying. Yeah. We don't want to release the record and not have all the vinyl and everything to go with it. So it might be a little while. CDs are coming back, man. <laughs> <laughs> So it might be a little while before the record is actually released to where we could just hit everyone with everything at once. Yeah, you know, we, we want to do it right. We're in no rush, you know. Absolutely, man. You don't want to put something out there half-assed, you know, and just to get it out there. Goat Horse fans are passionate too, man. And I swear to God, dude, every metal show I'll come to in Seattle, there's at least one person that says like, why with a t-shirt that says why praise satan or why praise god when you have satan like a goat horse shirt you know there's always a goat horse shirt here in seattle i don't know what it is maybe it's because you guys are badass or because you have put out awesome t-shirts but it's super consistent man so i gotta tell you that it, it you know it's kind of like that whole uh how can i say it it's kind of like the whole motorhead t-shirt thing you know mm -hmm. every you know that's what i want to achieve with a goat horse shirt you know not to where Everyone has to like my band, but everyone just has to wear the T-shirt. Everyone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? And 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 at least aware, at least yeah, aware. Exactly. You know, it's out but, there. In the mean, that's, that's awesome. That's great that. Uh, yeah. People are repping, you know, it's, it's hard to like gauge what's going on out there when you're trapped in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So, but, so. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious about, so you were trapped in Louisiana, you guys were recording, you were practicing and getting this record ready, and then the world starts to open up, and you guys were part of one of the big, big openings, the the the, the Psycho Las Vegas. Tell me about that. Bring me back to that weekend and how just, like, amazing that must have felt, man. Well, I mean, what happened was a lot of these European bands couldn't get into the United States. Yep, that's what I heard, yeah. So... We get a little call and says, hey, uh, you guys want to play Psycho Las Vegas in two weeks? And we were uh, like, <laughs> let me think. Yes. Because we had did it in uh, 2019 as well. Yeah. And it was amazing. Like even, you know, for just uh, to, for being in 2019 before the plague hit. Yep. It was still a fantastic. That was probably one of the best fests I've ever played in my life. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, they asked us to do it. 
and we were like, okay, uh, let's let's just do it. And, you know, what's the worst that could happen? And we got there, and we were slated to play earlier in the afternoon. And I forget who else. Like it was like they kept stacking bands, mm-hmm. you know. So we'd be playing during some other. I think Chemist was playing nice. during our original slot. Mm-hmm. But what happened? We we lucked out because the band that was supposed to play after us canceled. So they bumped us up to there. But during our time slot, there was no bands playing. That's perfect. Yes. I think there was like a Doc McGee, like the Q&A or something that nobody really cared about, you know. Sure, sure. But we got basically we got the, the spot where nobody was playing against us. That's you know, great. That's was, perfect for one of those huge festivals. Dude, it, it was, and it was on the arena stage, and it was like, it was a, uh, for, for my first show back, Whew. one of my first shows back. Yeah. That was pretty, uh, it was a pretty intense situation, but it was great. It was awesome. You know, and it was a bunch of our friends had played there. So it was just good catching up with everybody that had seen and like, good vibes. You know, that's awesome. So it was it was a great time, you know, for sure. I, I didn't want it to end. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you're coming up to Seattle for uh, another good night of it, and and we'll be uh, obviously plug, plugging that some more. I have some questions about your your formative years, if you don't mind. Um, what what got you into you know music? What were did you come from a musical family? Not really. I mean, not. Uh, my, my parents listened to a lot of music and, you know, what really drew me towards where I am today, it was like, my uncle was like this big stoner guy. Okay. 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 And, uh, they always he, have the best record collections, right? He nailed it on the head. <laughs> so it, it was like my, he, he lived with my grandmother so they would live in the front of the lane and like a, not even a block down was where my parents lived. So I'd just be going back and forth to my grandma's house, hanging out with my uncle. And he had this insane record collection, like you said, that I remember we were listening to a lot of uh, a lot of like Alice Cooper mm-hmm. and stuff, stuff like that. A Black Oak, Arkansas, you know, oh. typical old uncle stoner music, you know? Yeah. Then. Yeah. I see this record in the stack and it's this very dreary looking house in the woods mm, with a witch. witch on the yeah. floor. And I'm like, what's that? And he goes, that's Black Sabbath. Put it on. <laughs> that's where everything changed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like the that. Rain and the bell and those first three notes. And that was it. That was where I knew I knew where I was going at that point. That's yeah. what so so I see you're wearing a GBH t-shirt, classic punk band. Um oh, yeah. what what was your kind of foray into the underground? Because obviously Black Sabbath, but like a metal band, but they're a very large, you know, band. They're they're like an institution. Then there's an underground, and 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 you must have had some sort of entrance into that. What was it? 
Well, I was I was hanging out when I was real young. I was still in high school. I was hanging around with all these uh, skater kids who skateboard, mm-hmm. and they were all into like all the underground punk and thrash and stuff like that. And you know, that's actually one of the first times that I actually heard corrosion of conformity. Hell yeah! Because one of the girls that would hang around with all the skate guys. She gave me uh it was eye for an eye on cassette. I still nice. have it. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, you might want to listen to this. This is a little bit more kind of probably what you would like. It's a little bit more extreme. Yeah. And I just heard that. And I was like, that's when I started getting into more of like the punk kind of stuff and mm-hmm. extreme metal, you know, then of course came with that it was like Slayer and Exodus and mm-hmm. all the gold, the classics, you know, then from there, of course, we were trying to look for heavier stuff. Then yep. in came Deicide and Morbid yep. Angel and Death. And yep. it just, it was, it was this massive snowballing of looking for more extreme, faster, heavier music, you know? Awesome, man. Well, uh, what made you pick up a guitar? Uh, what made me pick up a guitar? Well, this is a very easy question. Uh, when I, I was young and I, I would, I was, my uncle had a guitar. Yeah. But I never really learned how to play it. I never really cared about actually learning how to play it. I would just pick it up and like roll golf balls down the strings, mm-hmm. and make funny noises. But then I remember I, I, it was when MTV had first came on and it was Judas Priest heading out to the highway video. And there was a, there's this image of KK Downing, the guitarist. Yeah. Blonde hair, black leather spikes with the big red flying V guitar. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that guy, I was like, that's what I want to be. Yeah. I want to not to be a blonde guy, (laughs) a guy in black leather with a flying V. Yes. (laughs) That's all dude. There you go. And and now you have some V guitars behind you. You have, Many of them. Is that your <laughs> is that your guitar? The V? You have well, to have a V. I, no, I play a couple of different shapes. But the V is definitely okay. in the rotation, you know. Yeah, but they're but all it, kind of takeoffs of the V, you know. You can't just be playing like some Gibson original. You got to have some sort of interesting, you know, carve out for it, right? You got to have it's some cool not, shape. It's got to be angular. Okay, spiky. I mean, it's got to be stab worthy. Yes, exactly. Round guitars are for dudes that play jazz. Uh, all right, man. Well, okay. So I'm not going to punish you with all my 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 obsessive questions about Acid Bath. I'm a big fan. I just have a couple. <laughs> just have a couple though. So I'm curious if if what's your uh so so if if anyone's listening and they're not familiar, Acid Bath was the first band, um, at least a big notable band that uh, Sammy played with and and was was in. Um, and if you don't know them, go back and listen to them. All this stuff is online now. You can check it out. But uh, my question is, is uh, what's your opinion on like the underground cult like obsessive fans of Acid Bath, man? Because there is just like there is a rabid. Anytime you see like a cohort video, people are like Acid Bath, Acid Bath, dude. It's like there is an underground cult like what's your opinion on that, man? I could say, where were y'all when we were together? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm grateful that people are, you know, still letting that band stay alive. Yeah. You know, 
I'm, I'm, I'm very, very grateful that people are still paying attention to the music and keeping the music alive, you know? I mean, it just, it really, I'm speechless on the whole situation. You know, I never imagined in a million years that it would be bigger than it was when it was together years down the line after it's been broken up. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. just, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. You know, I just, I, I didn't see that coming. Let's put that. Way. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry. I was like, when we were together, right before we broke up, I mean, we were doing, we were just starting to do okay, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. And of course things happen. You can't yep. control those things. And, uh, then it kind of like died for a little bit. Then all of a sudden within the last, like maybe 10 years or so, it's like back. It's mm -hmm. like, what, 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 what happened here? You know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not complaining at all. It's awesome. I'm just, I appreciate all the fans that still, you know, like I said, that still appreciate the music and still keep the music alive, you know? Uh, so I'm a Seattle guy and we're a Seattle rock radio station. And, and um, I got to ask, was there ever any Seattle music influence on you guys? Because I can kind of hear if maybe it's just my ears, but maybe a little bit of Alice in Chains or Soundgarden influence in there. Cause it was going on around the same time or, or not so much. I, I know our bass player, Audie Petrie, the bass player that passed away. He was a humongous Alice in Chains fan. Okay. Yeah. Gigantic Alice in Chains fan. I know Dax Riggs was a very, very big Nirvana fan, believe yeah. it or not. You oh. know, and, you know, of course, you know, that, the Melvins too. And that definitely, you know, that whole, you know, and the Melvins, of course, yes, you yeah. can't leave out the legends, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, of course, the Seattle scene definitely had some influence on us, without a doubt, you know. Cool. Well, okay. So, my last question for Acid Bath How often? Are you approached for like a potential like amalgamation reunion of sorts or something? How often is it? Every year, every two years? Not not so much anymore. There okay. were some, there were some rumors going around that yeah. we were supposed to do something. Then that's when people from certain fests around the United yeah, States yeah. and say, "Well, how much would it take to make this happen?" Yeah, but you know. Um, Unfortunately, there's some members of that band that aren't really interested in reliving those times again. So, I mean, it, it, it really sucks, you know, because I would really I would love to play those songs again, you know, but I can't do it alone. It's the whole yep. thing. But, you know, maybe I'll do my own acid bath tribute band and just find a bunch of guys that sound like everybody they played in the band and just be sorry. Sorry, it's not the original, but I'm here. Yeah, just call it <laughs> Pagan Love Song or something. Yeah, man, it'd be great. I'd have so much fun. It would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, put that out into the ether and we'll get some 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 interest, I'm sure. So uh, I, I'm curious about um, so I talked with Jimmy Bauer over the pandemic and and he was working kind of like a, a labor job. He was working with um, making some sort of steel, working with steel. But uh, anyway, so I'm curious. Uh, we're obviously no one's getting well, not most people aren't getting millions, you know, working in extreme underground music. Do you have like a, a labor job or a nine to five or is, is music your full time? Well, luckily for me, 
I, I don't have to do that. I kind of figured out some ways to work around that to where I don't have to do a nine to five where I was, um, we actually, we did a signature run of my guitars. That's awesome. A couple of while, a while back early this year that did fantastic. So that helped a lot. Uh, I did a signature line of some guitar pedals that helps a lot. Uh, yeah, and yeah. you know, it's, it's, I guess almost like a nine to five is that I, I, I turn and burn a lot of guitars. Like oh, I'll just, cool. I'll hit up a lot of pawn shops and like find used guitars and stuff and just fix them and just sell them for more than what I pay for. You know, well, that's a buy side hustle if I do say, yeah. Buy low, sell high. That's a good side hustle. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely got me through the pandemic when I was kind of getting nervous because I had a couple of guitars in my collection that were worth a lot of money that I wasn't really crazy about. So these dudes were offering me this crazy amount of money for these guitars. And I was like, wait, a light bulb went off in my head. And I was like, wait a minute. If I could track down more of these things and not pay a whole lot of money for them and sell them to these collectors that want to pay the right amount of money for them, then hell yeah. So that's, that's another thing that I was doing as a side hustle. It definitely helped me out during COVID. That's cool, man. We all had to kind of figure out something. We all, I think we're all going to have a few more tools under our belts, you know, coming out of this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just, I, I didn't want to do, you know, where I'm at right now in my life, I just want to be involved with music some kind of way in everything that I do. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to go and work some job doing something that I hate. You Making know? someone I, else rich, yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'd rather just do something, even though it's not making me totally rich, as long as I'm making enough money to get by yeah. and I'm happy. That's all I really care about, you know? Rich in spirit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, man. Well, okay, so, I, you know, I don't want to take up your whole day with this interview, but I do have um, a couple questions. So I'm assuming you like some music that you wouldn't consider hard or metal. What is an album or a band or, or something that you love that people might be surprised? The dude from Goat Whore likes. Man, that's hard because I you you wrong because that's all I listen to. Oh, really? Like, okay. Never <laughs> mind. Never mind. I didn't know. I didn't uh, know. Let, let me think, man. Oh, geez, dude. That's, that's a tough one. Man, uh, probably old dead can dance. Okay. Yeah. Like some of that kind of weird, spooky ambient kind of you know dark stuff yeah yes exactly it might not be heavy but it's still dark dark exactly that you know either or i could take it all right man right on well uh okay so my final question for you sammy is uh if you can show us but if not that's fine pick a scar on your body and give us the story of how you got that scar sammy oh man i i'll have to do that without getting myself in trouble all right, all right. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can see it, but there's a scar on my thumb. All yeah, the, oh yeah, we can see that. There. Okay, when I was a kid, mm -hmm. I was playing in the in this like they had an old like scrapyard in the back. Okay, where my parents live. Get your tetanus shot. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> I was doing something, and uh, there was a nutra. You know what a nutra is? Mm -mm. Like a big rat. 
Oh my they, god. They, they, okay. They, they, they live in Louisiana. There's lots of them. So there was these, there was this neutral running around. Mm-hmm. And I guess he was like confused, so he couldn't find his way to get away from me and my yeah. friends. And we were throwing these glass bottles at him. Sure. And something I went, I went down to grab a glass bottle. The top of it was like a jar. So I grabbed the top and it sliced my hand from there. Oh. there. So basically, my thumb was almost detached. Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my dad yelling at me. And I'm like, uh, I think I need to go to the hospital. And my dad's like just yelling at me. He's like, you should have been messing around back there at broken glass, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dad, my, my thumb is hanging off. Yeah. Can, can we can we spare the the the, the talk about it? Let, let's go get this figured out. <laughs> can you yell at me when I stop bleeding first? <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's that's one that just pops up over my head. I like it, man. That's that's gnarly, and and uh, I'm surprised it never affected like your nerves and or your guitar playing. I I'm surprised as well because it's like right when I got that was right before I actually started learning how to play guitar. Okay, like okay. seriously learning how. So I, I guess I lucked out some kind of way. Nutra's revenge, dude. Nutra's revenge. He he definitely showed me. I will tell you that that I never messed around with a Nutra after that. All right, man. Right on. Well, okay. Well, again, so I, I do have to mention this one more time. The Goat Horse coming here October 29th with Eris, Death Cave, and the first show for a band called La Cabra, Lance's band. And that's going to be at El Corazon. Uh, I would encourage you to dress up as weird as possible. Uh, yeah. Put some yeah. face paint on. Get weird. Yes, I encourage costumes, please. Be awesome. Yes. Uh, Right on, man. Any uh, final words for the Northwest and, and Seattle audience before the show? I can't wait to see you, all you guys, on the 29th. I'm ecstatic about this show. This is this is going to be a great night. And uh, it's playing one of my favorite venues, El Corazon. So it's going to be it's going to be awesome. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.